We have sharp increases in our seven major crime. The data is clear and simple. Individuals that continue to get arrested multiple times continue and continue to commit these crimes in New York City. Crime is on the rise across New York City and here on Staten Island as law enforcement officials and local politicians scramble to fight the scourge of criminal activity plaguing the Big Apple. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by Staten Island Advance breaking news reporter Kyle Lawson to discuss the rising crime rates on Staten Island, the steps being taken to buck the trend, and what borough residents can do to protect themselves. Thanks for joining me today, Kyle. It's great to have you back on the podcast. It's kind of crazy to think that it's been almost a year since we had you on for our first episode to discuss the uh, 2021 Memorial Day Parade. So how have things been going for you since then? Yeah, well, most of my time, I guess, has been spent trying to find a house with my wife and our three-year-old. So I'll say a year later and, I don't know, three dozen offers in, we've now given up. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. The market is is completely insane, like everything else, you know? So, yeah, so we're going to... I think we're going to rent for another couple of years, wait for things to to calm down. It's funny you say that, actually, because I know we're working on a big project right now, kind of about the real estate market on Staten Island and just kind of how crazy things have gotten, how out of control the prices are, how difficult it can be to find what you're looking for. And I know that this is not a problem that is specific to you and our listeners can definitely be on the lookout in the coming weeks and months for some of the reporting we have coming on that, which should be uh, some really interesting stuff. But I have you on today because... You know, you've written a few articles recently talking about the rising crime rates on Staten Island, which is obviously cause for concern for many of the residents. And I'm curious first, kind of what prompted you to start looking into this? What types of crimes specifically are are we seeing more of this year? Yeah, so we regularly check in with the data week to week, month to month. And so, you know, you start to notice certain crimes trending, um, whether they're robberies or or, um, car thefts. Um, And then, you know, we got an email at one point, this was a couple of months ago, from a parent of a teenager who had been robbed on the Staten Island Railway, beaten up pretty badly, and they pulled the kid's earrings out of his ears. You know, it was pretty violent. So that kind of adds a a face to it, you know, and and from there we, we started looking into MTA, crimes that are investigated by MTA. So we found there were more incidents on the train, and then started seeing incidents near the train stations you know we kind of took it from there yeah and you know i wanted to talk a little bit about that data you were talking about and and about finding that data that shows the increases in crimes because i think a lot of our listeners may not really be familiar with CompStat, which is the public tool used by the nypd so can you kind of give us a brief overview of that system and and how reporters like you can use it to track these crime trends uh throughout the year yes so the NYPD uh, slash city has this website. Anyone can access it and it's dots on a map and you can see any of the seven major crimes and they track it week to week. And, and so you can see this week's crimes and then you can see what crime looked like this week last year. And then they have the, the overall yearly crime. It's a way that the police track crime. It's a, it's a way to, to 
warn the public about trends that are happening. First, let's talk about robberies, which, you know, according to your reporting, was up nearly 60% on Staten Island from this time last year. So what can you tell us kind of about these rising robbery rates? Where are we seeing them take place? How are they being carried out? As of today, they, they um, had updated the CompStat figures. Right now, I think it stands at like 50, 56%. But also um, Port Richmond. Port Richmond had seen a lot of kind of like stick up style robberies. Um, sometimes those are premeditated. Maybe a group of kids kind of just go out, you know, looking for victims. Sometimes it's kind of a crime of opportunity, you know, just like two kids on a train. But those are the two main type of robberies we're seeing right now. Um, and citywide officials had said recently that, you know, a lot of it's youth on youth, gunpoint robberies. So, but we've, we've seen victims, you know, ranging in age on Staten Island from from teenagers to up to like 65. Okay, so let's move on from the from robberies to burglaries, which according to your reporting are being committed at, you know, pretty much the same rate as last year, but we've seen those numbers kind of fluctuate in in the past couple of years since the start of the pandemic. First, can you just explain to the listeners the, the general difference between a robbery and a burglary because I don't think everyone would necessarily know. And then also, you know, can you just talk to us a little bit about how that rate has fluctuated over the past few years and and kind of what law enforcement officials have attributed that to? Yeah, so um, a burglary technically is entering someone's property without their consent. So whatever crime happens after that, if it's an assault or a theft, you know, that's a separate charge. Uh, Robbery is forcibly removing property from someone or using the threat of violence to remove property. And with the burglaries in 2020, you know, citywide shutdown, businesses were left vacant. It was the ultimate crime of opportunity, you know, for especially for kind of career burglars um, who saw this as an opportunity to, you know, gain access to to a lot of these places. And Staten Island was hit hard. Um, And then 2021, businesses reopened, life started to kind of return to, to some normalcy. And they went down, they dropped, burglaries overall dropped like 30%. Now, 2022 so far it's a 4% increase from this time last year so about so far about even with with last year so not the worst but um, there has been some recent incidents you know kind of a a string of some recent incidents that you know are, are slightly concerning can you talk to us a little bit about some of those recent incidents that we've seen here on Staten Island uh yeah I mean very recently just the this month you know there was a couple of nights ago someone had um smashed through a glass door at a laundromat made off with like $400 the 120th precinct had put out some images of we don't know if it's possibly one suspect or multiple suspects and if we don't know if there's like a pattern here but you know i think a dunkin donuts was hit and uh, a u-haul center you know was hit as well Uh, so those are some of the some of the recent ones and if i remember correctly they're pretty the one two one has seen the most and that's one two one is like the west western half of the north shore and the and the west shore although a lot of those are coming in like mariners harbor arlington area they've seen the most by numbers but um there's been upticks in, in the one two oh and, and in the one two two you know on the like along the east shore there moving on one thing that kind of surprised me in reading your reporting is that car thefts across the borough have essentially doubled from where they were last year, which is something I don't think people always think about when they think about major crimes. We think about the assaults, the robberies, the burglaries, the shootings, that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of curious, you know, in your conversation with law enforcement officials, what do they think is fueling this rise in car thefts? And and what can Staten Islanders do to make sure their vehicles are safe? Yeah, so once again, it's kind of like the ultimate 
crime of opportunity. You know, it all kind of started in 2020 when cars were parked outside more teens and, and young adults either weren't in school or weren't working. That was part of the problem. You know, there were groups of, of people coming from like Brooklyn or even as far as the Bronx in some cases and, you know, take mass transit in stealing a car, driving the car, just kind of a joyride, driving the car home, dumping it somewhere, sometimes driving that same car back to steal another car and just and just swap. So that's that's been part of it, um, you know, and then and then the other is these one or more crews from New Jersey, you know, from like the Newark area who a lot more professional has seemed like, you know, they come in, they're looking for high end vehicles, Range Rovers, you know, Mercedes Benz, BMWs. And we've been told that they drive those back to Jersey. They either sell them to a middleman and then they get shipped overseas for a profit or they're tied in with a a ring of people who were getting them shipped over. There was recently a bust actually in New Jersey. Several people were arrested ranging in age, you know, from like early 20s to like the, their 40s. One of the guys in his 40s was charged with fake documents and, um, you know, he, he basically had a fake document mill, you know, kind of at his property. So that's the more sophisticated, you know, it looks like they're probably shipping them somewhere, getting profits for them. And then, I mean, these things with the paper license plates, I mean, it's made a lot of crime easier to, to carry out. You know, I, they've, they've kind of gotten a handle on it at this point, but for a while there, it was like, if anybody slaps any type of fake paper license plate on their car, it could be stolen. It could be whatever. Nobody knows. Um, but the way to stop it, I mean, this is coming from police, obviously, and they've said it over and over and over again. And this is nationwide too. The way to stop it is to lock your car and take the key fob out, take the key fob inside with you. I don't want to give a number on it, but, but you know, it's a very good chance it's not going to happen, you know, if, if, if you just do that. Um, so yeah, a large, a sizable percentage of the, the incidents um, are, are just that, you know, cars being left unlocked. We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisey, a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested 10 years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Sarah Gannam, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation, where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to the Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and it seems like such a simple solution, right? Just just lock your car. So you, you would hope that uh, that eventually people will start heeding that advice and that will kind of cut down on this. Um, but it also seems like the NYPD and, and other law enforcement officials are doing a good job of trying to kind of crack down on this and, and making some progress there. So that's good to hear as well. But I want to move on now to the, the rise in transit crimes in New York City because, you know, this has been front and center in recent weeks, particularly with the subway shooting in Brooklyn earlier this month and the subway shoving incident earlier this year that we've seen. But, you know, people may not realize, as you mentioned earlier, that we've also seen a number of concerning incidents on the Staten Island Railway because there's been, you know, so much focus on the subway system. So can you tell us, you know, a little bit about what we're seeing on the Staten Island Railway and and what kind of measures are being taken to try and address the issue? Yeah, so there was a string of robberies on the train near train stations. There also were a couple of arrests from what we can tell, it's kind of what was described at the citywide level, which is um, youth on youth. Uh, not all the time, though. The perpetrators, the suspects, those that have been arrested, have been younger, you know, like 18, 19, 20, 21. But the, the victims ha- actually have ranged in age from, you know, teenagers up to like, you know, 
people in their 60s. Yeah, so we're going to check back on some of this data. Actually, I had just mentioned they just updated the numbers today in CompStat. We have to um, take a look and see see where those numbers are at now because you would think that, that the arrests would help kind of slow things down. That being said, uh, maybe we're going to touch on this later, but, you know, police have said recently that, that their recidivism, you know, is, is a, a major problem here with even if, when they do make an arrest, you know, they're released and and they're back and they get arrested again for the same crime. Michael LaPetri is the NYPD chief of crime control strategies. The rise in recidivism in New York City is up substantially from 2019. The data is clear and simple. Individuals that continue to get arrested multiple times continue and continue to commit these crimes in New York City. I want to give you a statistic. 91 people 91 in a short three-month period have been arrested for three or more burglaries this year. Those 91 people account for 37% of the burglary arrests that happened this year. That's recidivism. Yeah, and that that does kind of lead into my next question, which is, you know, obviously these increases in crimes are troubling, but I'm kind of curious what what officials are kind of believe is causing this increased criminal activity, which I imagine in, in part is, um, you know, we've heard a lot about bail reform recently and, and recidivism. So can, can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, so police officials, you know, top brass at the NYPD have said, and they're saying more strongly, I feel like now that they feel it is, a case of with the seven major crimes so that's robberies you know mainly robberies burglaries car thefts um recidivism um you know meaning that that guys who do it often who commit these same crimes often get arrested and then going back to the pandemic they're being released whether it's because you know the courts were slow for a while courts were shut down for a while that was an issue the the bail reform laws that that have all kind of happened at the same time police unions but now also you know police officials are have been kind of hammering that point you know that that they need help from albany with bail reform to try to get you know some of these repeat offenders so that they you know they're, they're kept behind bars there's still you know a lot of pushback um from progressive democrats in albany um social activist leaders um jamani williams public advocate in new york they're pushing back on some of these uh bail reform changes you know basically saying that part of the problem to begin with in terms of why crimes are committed and, and the socioeconomic issues that lead to crime part of that problem was the cash bail system and so they're saying that basically by going back on the bail reform you know we're just we're just going back it's just one way that we're going back to where we were in the beginning and and that the real reasons for crime and why crime is always higher in impoverished areas you know that 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 those issues aren't being still aren't being addressed enough um so that's kind of the back and forth you know and and the the governor is moving towards and already has made some uh, has announced some tweaks to the to the bail reform yeah so you know we've talked about a lot of you know what people are looking to do from a policy perspective in terms of the bail laws and you know from the federal level trying to stop the flow of guns but has the nypd themselves announced anything in terms of measures that they're taking in kind of their day-to-day operations to try and you know fight back this increase yeah so you know they've talked about a lot of arrests at a recent press conference one of the top nypd officials had mentioned that um yeah he, he went he said he, he went back and looked at years in the past that had similar crime rates to compare to this year and he said based on that he the arrests the arrest rate 
was up, which he said is, is promising. And with that, they just, the department just rolled out this new anti-gun unit, uh, neighborhood safety teams, including in the, on the North Shore on Staten Island, part of the North Shore. So they're, they're big on that as well. And they also, the 311 calls and quality of life crimes and how certain blocks or certain neighborhoods that have gotten a lot of 311 calls for, for disturbances, kind of leading police to higher end arrests, gun arrests, things like that when they respond to these areas. You know, I, I, I think when you're talking about addressing quality of life and what constitutes a, a disturbance and that sort of thing, I think it's starting starting to get into the territory where like some of the act, social justice activists and, and get a little bit nervous, you know, because they don't their their thing from the beginning was they don't want to go back to kind of the stop and frisk situation and some of the the issues that data you know had shown were there. But you know, on Staten Island, they the the one twentieth precinct has promised that that is not the case. That that these are this is precision policing and they're using technology to do that. They're using social media. They're using you know lots of things that that weren't around. And the stop and frisk days to, to specifically target guns and get guns off the streets. So, so yeah, so they've been big on, on this new unit. They've been big on like, what they've said has been an increase in arrests. And then also calling on help, calling for help, you know, with bail reform, with the f- trying to stem the, the flow of guns into New York City. Yeah. And so as a breaking news reporter, I'd imagine that more crime kind of equals more work for you and your colleagues. So, you know, since you've been at the Advance for a number of years now, I'm curious if you've actually been feeling the effects of these rising crime rates in kind of your day-to-day work. Have you been being sent to more crime scenes, speaking with more officials, kind of digging into the data more? How has this kind of impacted uh, your day-to-day reporting? Um, it really just shifts what I'm doing, you know, throughout the day. So if it wasn't an increase in robberies and burglaries, I'd probably be looking into maybe something more in depth, you know, maybe a specific crime that happened and, and why did that happen? Or maybe a, an ongoing crime that police are still investigating. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of changed what my day looks like a little bit. You know, it's just more time spent on tracking the data and, um, you know, paying attention to what police are saying and, and what government officials are saying, you know, how they want to, how they want to address it. So yeah, it's not, not, not really more busy, just different. That's interesting because there would be times where you're able to kind of work on these longer term stories, analyzing the trends, or maybe you're doing a follow-up story, speaking to a victim of, of a crime that's, you know, kind of more in depth. But I would imagine if there is more crime happening on a regular basis, you guys get sent out to those crimes to cover those. So it's almost like, you know, another crime pops up and you have to go cover that before you're able to do the follow-up on the previous one or whatever. Not to say that we're neglecting any type of work that we would normally do, but it's just the more things there are to cover, you're kind of jumping around from from spot to spot as opposed to being able to really dig in deeper on, on some of the crimes, I would imagine. Yeah, and this is Staten Island. You know, you think about Brooklyn, parts of Manhattan or, or, or the Bronx, the outlets that cover those are larger. They have more people, obviously. But I mean, I, I think about that a lot. I'm like, yeah, sometimes it's hard enough here. And it is frustrating, you know, because you want the public to be aware of everything and, and to try to have some understanding, you know, of why something happened. You know, I know that puts me at ease, <laughs> you know, if there's a shooter out, you know, on the subway and, and you know, it's, it's the more information, the better, you know, so... 
Um, yeah, so it can get frustrating for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, before we go, you know, we spoke a little bit about what police and lawmakers are doing to try and reduce these crime rates. But I'm curious, you know, what, what can Staten Island residents do on their own to try and stay safe and avoid any of these troubling incidents? Yeah, so in terms of the robberies, um, it's kind of the basic tips that are put out there, you know, regularly by police. Um, you know, headphones, um, can be a problem, you know, if you're listening to, you know, if you're on the train or if you're walking alone, or you're in a dark area, you know, if you're taking mass transit, be careful with headphones, you, you could become a target. They all, they always say carry a fake wallet um, to hand over if, if someone robs you. Be aware of your surroundings. Recently, they, police had just put out some tips even on calling 911. You know, if you're a witness to a crime or if you've just been victimized, just things that t- to keep to remember because when you're in the middle of something like that you know you're in shock and and it's kind of hard so um you know the location is obviously the number one thing location and and whether anyone's hurt you know and and if you need if you need police or or medical or 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 what so yeah so those are some of the things the twitter accounts are really good um the each police precinct on staten island has a twitter account constantly posting ways to keep safe um in terms of robberies and, and car thefts again lock your doors you know take your key fob lock your doors that's that that's the best thing you can do you know these, these race, recent string of burglaries have been commercial um so residential burglaries haven't been you know too bad um it seems like recently so um but there are some things you can do there obviously to protect your your house so yeah um follow those guys on on twitter and um that's always a big help all right great well thank you so much for joining me today kyle i really appreciate it keep up the great work and i look forward to having you on again soon all right thank you so much man i appreciate it thank you for listening to the staten island advances from the scene if you like what you've heard please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit silive.com for the latest on all these stories and more thank you for supporting local journalism